Welcome to A Way of Thinking. I'm your host, Jessica Huang. This podcast is a place of exploration to learn and grow from each other on the journey to becoming our best selves. Let's get to today's show. So we're doing something a little different today. I am turning over hosting duties to my friend, Zhao Yap, who is interviewing me today. So now I will turn it over to Zhao. Hi, everyone. This is Zhao. I'm very honored to take on this role on discovering Jessica Wan. <laughs> and what leads to this amazing, insightful, and caring soul? Jessica, would you tell me what was the past lie to lead you to this path? Mm, great question. So... I feel like I have to go a little bit back and say how, you know, I was born to two wonderful immigrant parents and I kind of was leading very much the life that was, you know, the the traditional path that everyone wants every parent wants you to be on. And I went into college and studied finance and continued to to work in in the finance corporate finance field for many years. And, you know, I was in a stable relationship. And so everything was very much this kind of doing things the way that society deems right, if you will. And it, you know, over time, I, there were, there were these moments where I was looking at it and saying, is this really what I want? You know, is this really for me? And I, I kept trying to make things work, especially at work, right? So I kept trying to see, oh, let me tr- take another job. Let me keep going. And maybe this one will make me happy. Maybe this one will make me feel like I really like what I'm doing. And it just kept not working out. And then what happened was that I, during the pandemic, really hit burnout. And I, just really felt like I couldn't go on. And it's it's strange to talk about burnout because there's there's a certain level of shame when you have it. You feel terrible. You're like, why can't I keep things going? You know, why why am I struggling so much? And I had to kind of move past that shame. I mean, I I had I was seeing a therapist, I, I had gone through life coaching actually myself at one point as well. And so I had a lot of people there that were supporting me in this journey and, and kind of helping me work through this idea of what do I really want out of my life? And what do I really want to be doing? And, and, you know, I actually, the burnout was so bad that I actually had physical manifestations of it. I, I had this rash that like on my neck for months. And I think that that was a huge turning point for me where I realized that the world that I was in and the life that I had been building was not working for me anymore. And I couldn't pretend that it was. And I ultimately decided to quit my job without anything lined up, without really knowing where I was going next. Because I had suddenly, well, not suddenly, but I had finally realized that I was more important than the money, the prestige, and whatever else came with, you know, being in, in the climbing this corporate ladder and 
doing what people, other people deemed successful. And so after that was kind of the moment where I went into this whole idea of now what, right? I, I spent some time just trying to recuperate. And I think if anyone has ever experienced burnout, they would understand this notion because I thought, you know, normally it's like we go from one job into the next. And I was sitting there being like, I can't do that. Like I physically cannot do that. It would literally be the worst thing in my world. And I, so I spent time just trying to recover, frankly. And, and then I slowly started to try and rebuild my life again. And through that process, I started realizing that when I told other people about what I went through and, and leaving my job and being able to kind of finally see myself and, and care for myself in a way that I hadn't before, that, and not only that, it was like I told other people and then I proceeded to watch it, inspire them and see them do things that I wasn't expecting, right? Like take bold action in their own lives. And that's really what inspired me to do everything that I do now. So that was what inspired me to start this podcast. And that's what inspired me to get trained as a life coach was just this idea of oh, what I've been through and telling my story and sharing it with other people and, and supporting them in their journeys matters. And I could actually really change lives and, and make a difference to some degree, right, in doing that. And so that, that's been the journey. And I mean, I can't believe that I'm here right now sitting across and you talking about it. But yeah, that's that's the long and short of what happened, I suppose. Well, just give everyone a little background. <clears throat> How I get to know Jessica, we were in 200-hour Dharma training back in 2019. So now it's 2022. It's three years of time span. I feel very lucky to firsthand witness how Jessica has evolved and exactly what she just said, starting from such a different place and landed to here, it is a beautiful journey. And I do feel interesting to observe and witness another person going through maybe not the same path, but similar process and see how everyone evolved to a different aspect. Mm. So give you a little more background. So within this three years, Jessica did a lot of self-work. I can see that. Within the three years, she is a creator of A Way to Thinking podcast, the founder of Self-Love, Self-Compassion Coaching Program, and very soon to be Dharma Yoga 500 registered teacher. So I guess I wanted to say, you kind of explain a little bit why you want to start a podcast but maybe could you tell me a little more how you lead to this self-love, self-compassion aspect of coaching and how did you align your maybe self-doubt, self-struggle and transform that into where you are now? Well, first off, I have to say that was beautiful. It's, it's very weird to hear what you do being reflected back to you. So thank you very much for that. I would have to say that first. And the other thing I do want to make note of is, yeah, it's, it is interesting looking at 200, when we did 200 hour together, 
in 2020 to now. And it's, yeah, it's, it's wild to see the journey that everyone has been on, right? But yeah, to answer your question, you know, self-love and self-compassion have not been easy things for me. And, there, and I would argue to say that they're still not always easy things for me. And I think that's actually why they've become the most important things, because I see how much when I do feel that and when I do lean into those concepts and and really take care of myself and really care for myself and love myself, how much more I can be and how much more I can give to other people. And so what I would say to that is, so to take it a little back, these are not things that I've had all along. I think I have had some of the worst self-talk out there. Personally, we I might feel have like a competition. <laughs> it's not a competition. I think so many of us do. I right? like to say I'm the queen of terrible <laughs> self-talk. Yeah, you know, it's funny because it's it's so true. So many of us struggle so much with negative self-talk, and I had terrible self-talk and you know I I definitely struggled a lot with like depressive episodes with anxiety I have I've had a lot of panic attacks in the past and it's crazy to me because I think back and I'm like I can literally think back to the last panic attack I had it was like the beginning of last year so not even that long ago and I was like literally sobbing under a desk like completely beside myself and I share that because you know we all struggle and we all have hard days. And I don't want to say that like, oh, like it's just you, you tell yourself to have self-love and just poof, it's there. That's not how it works, unfortunately. And so for me, it was really, honestly, I think it was coming from being in, in a really dark place that I found it. You know, I, when I left my job, as much as it did propel me to who I am today, but at the same time, it was really, really hard, right? And and I remember being in a really, really low space. And because I actually, it was crazy. It was a lot, right? I, I left my job. I had a relationship end at the same time. And I, I moved back into New York City. And this was, you know, kind of in a weird spot during the pandemic when things were not necessarily the best, right? Where it was like, well, do I have friends here still? Like, what kind of life am I coming back to? And so there was a lot of pain and agony around that. And I honestly would say that I didn't feel like I had a lot of support at that time. I think people tried, but honestly, I was going through so much that I don't know if anyone could really have fully supported me, let's be honest. And I think coming from that place, it made me realize how much I needed to step up to the plate for myself and how much I needed to be able to be on my own side. Because it's like, yeah, it was just too much at the time, frankly. I, I, don't, I don't wish that upon anyone, I'll be honest. And so... I really go back to the self-compassion side. Yes, yes. Of be compassionate. It's so easier said than done. Yet every day is a struggle. Every day is a practice. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like when you hit... I mean, I kind of was hitting like a rock bottom, right? And that's when I was like, wait, I guess I have, I need compassion for myself, right? Like, I guess I need to be the one to pull myself back up. And I mean, that is 
definitely easier said than done. And it wasn't always, it was no linear path, but it, it was the most important thing I learned from all of that, that I went through was how much I needed that I could rely on myself, actually, that I could say, I am here for me. And I get to be my own champion in a way that I had never been before. I want to touch up a little bit on how do you find that courage to pivot and transform or transition from a very old school lifestyle or per se corporate lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Because we spoke about this. We both were Asian immigrant (laughs) background, like both Chinese, Taiwanese background. Like my parents were tough on me. Your parents must be tough on you. You know, just based on life decision, like if you had a corporate job or a good college grad and all of a sudden you transform into a yogi style or (laughs) (laughs) good luck explain to to your Asian parents or um, become a life coach. It's just a little bit vast for them to grasp her. So I actually very admire you because I did have my burnout moments to So I admire, especially female, willing to take that extra step because we're so easy to fall into our fear. So easy to fall into our personal trad or what people look at us. So I really want to like to know where you grow this courage. How did you make it there? How did you fight your self-doubts or negative self-talk and still keep doing what you're doing and be here for everyone? I think that courage is really, it's like growing a muscle and it takes time. And the first time that you do something that goes against the norms is going to be hard, right? I, I, you know, I think, I think the first one that I had, honestly, the first time I, I really stepped off of what I was supposed to be doing was ending a long relationship. And where I was kind of on the path, right? And and having that end. And it was it was devastating to me, I'll be honest. And then but then when I when I made this decision to leave this job, I think it was really that I found the support I needed in many ways. You know, I had wonderful friends who were kind of backing me up. I had my my therapist, you know, I'll be honest, I love her. She's amazing. And, and, and just good people around me. And I feel like having that support around me was very important because I don't think I would have done it otherwise. And then I think, you know, that after doing, making that big decision, I think it's really, it becomes a little easier, you know, it becomes a little easier to say, I'm going to keep going, but I'll be honest with you. I, the parent thing is, was not easy. You know, my parents, I, sometimes I'm not sure they still get what I'm doing all the time, you know, I, and I love them dearly. And I know that they are trying really hard to support me, you know, but I think it's taken them time. And I, I had to kind of let go of feeling like I needed their approval. And I kind of had to let go of being understood the letting go is tremendous to just let go sounded so easy but it's 
so hard and important to do. It's like the first first step to even get somewhere is to letting go. Yes, and and I will say it's not. It's taken a lot of time. Like you know, I I spent a long time feeling very, feeling very heavy and feeling really down about not having the support that I might want in my life sometimes. But I, you know, you get to this point where. I don't know, like I, I see the people in my life that they are, everyone in my life is trying to do the best that they can. And that is a, a fundamental principle that I think helps me a lot in many of these cases, right? I believe everyone, everyone's kind of the hero in their own story, right? Like we're all trying so hard to do the best that we think that we can. And unfortunately, sometimes that falls short for other people. But it's understanding that you are trying your best and it might not be what I need, but I am separating myself from that need. And I know that that is really, really hard. And it's, I, I can tell you right now, like I can verify that it has been really hard for me to get to that place. But I think that over time, like just holding on to that idea of, the people around me are trying to do the best they can and sometimes they fall short but it's not a reflection on me and it's not a reflection on on our our overall relationship things just happen yeah sometimes yeah. everybody try the best they can and maybe you still can meet each other halfway just yeah yeah happens exactly but i like to touch up a little more because you and me have a few conversation prior to the taping and I really remember one thing you said to me and it really resonated me uh, with me about this self-love self-compassion coaching style and this podcast you're doing you actually told me aside from the support you got from friends I don't know if you remember you actually <laughs> said that at the time you actually told me the reason why you want to start this podcast is because you thought to yourself, there must be people out there needed this, mm. needed these information. And at the time, sorry to say, I haven't heard your podcast. So I was like, oh, whatever. Okay. But then because we're doing this taping and I realized I need to get to know you more and know how you do the podcast and I started listening more. And I immediately resonate with you, the fact that, yeah, people really do need to listen to this. So would you go uh, elaborate a little bit more on how you feel compelled to have to provide this to people? And why do you come up? How did you come up with this idea? <sighs> yeah, so it's interesting because what you were saying there reminds me a lot of something that our teacher Sri Dharma Mitra says to us a lot, which is you you do it because it has to be done, not for the fruits of your actions. True. Yeah, I think it's also from the the Gita, the Bhagavad Gita. And I sat I sit with that that notion a lot now. And it's interesting because I think back to when we were in 200 hour. And me too. I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think about how we start 200 and where we are now. It fascinates me. It's wild. And it's interesting because when we were in 200 hour, I remember being so impressed 
by so many of our, our fellow trainees, you know, so many of them were just doing their own thing. Like they were doing all sorts of things. I, I can't like, I don't want to ramble them all off, but it was, it really inspired me and it made me be like, whoa, there's another kind of life. Like I don't have to be living in this box that I've put myself in, if you will. And I looked at that and it, it, I think that was hugely inspiring. And so, you know, then flash forward, you know, we went, so we did our training literally weeks before everything shut down because of the pandemic. And I'm so incredibly thankful for that, you know, because yoga really helped me through that entire time period. And so I think, you know, when we came out of, well, not that we're really out of it, but, you know, last year, after getting burned out and then leaving my job, I was sitting there being like, now what, you know, and, and it was, do I just go to another corporate job? Do I just keep trying? And, and, you know, at the time it was like, but I already did that, you know, even the job I was last in, like, I felt like that one was me trying it again. That was me saying like, do it again. Like maybe this one will work. And (laughs) lo and behold, it didn't work, you know? And, And it just wasn't for me. And so I was sitting there being like, now what? And, you know, it's funny because I I was a little part of what caused this to come about was that I was a little jealous of a friend of mine who started a podcast. And I was like, oh, why am I jealous? And I actually looked at that a little closer and I was like, oh, I'm jealous because I want to start a podcast. And I was like, oh, that's so weird. Why would I want to do that? And and it's so, it's strange, but there was something about it that just pulled me in. And, and then it just started formulating. And I started thinking about this whole idea of what would I want a, a, it to be a podcast about? And I was like, I think it's all about changing the way we think, because that was the journey I had been on. And it's funny, because actually, when I started this, I intended for it to just be me sharing my journey. And, and it's very funny because that was my intention. And then I went through this whole process of creating it and getting the microphones and all the bit. And, and then I got terrified and I was too afraid to talk about my own journey. And it was so funny because then I was like, okay, let me just focus on other people. And now here we are, this is going full circle of me coming back to this idea of no, but I need to talk to people about what I went through because that is, in essence, what inspired me to create this podcast in the first place. That's very fascinating. I like to touch up a little bit. What do you think about self-doubt and self negative self-talk? I mean, I know we're all yogis. We follow the Gita or the Alim and all this practicing do you ever think self-doubt will go away? Or what, what would that be a final destination to you? Is it just coexisting? Or is it tremendously reduced? Or you don't get none? What is that <laughs> relationship for you? Yeah, uh, self-doubt. I, I was uh, having deep self-doubt literally like last week where it was crippling me it so no I have not silenced my self-doubt it is still there I want to know what is it like when the (laughs) self-doubt is silent (laughs) 
well, I think it, it, so I feel like I've managed to turn down the volume sometimes. And so, well, to, to go back, yeah. So I, I had started to talk about this whole idea of having negative self-talk, which was very much an issue for me in the past. And I, I'm not perfect still. You know, there's certainly days where I still am really hard on myself. I think the difference is that I catch myself a little bit faster. Well, if we put it into like a technical turn, what would be your few step a suggestion you will give? Sure. So I think for changing anything that you want to change, the first step is always awareness. It is noticing that you're doing it because oftentimes we don't even notice the thing that that is bothering us, right? And and noticing will just and it's not about judging yourself because I feel like it's very easy to notice it. And the moment I say, "Oh, have awareness," you're like, "I notice it. It's there. It's all the time, and it is horrible." You know, right? Like I know this <laughs> now. How do I shut it down? <laughs> right. And so, but the thing is, you have to hold it is. It is awareness with compassion and and holding that compassion for yourself and not holding judgment. It is saying, I notice that I am having a moment of negative self-talk, but I am not judging myself for it. I'm not going to be hard on myself. I am just noticing and I am appreciating the fact that I am noticing. That is step one. And then I think the second thing is really helping yourself say, okay, what do I want to experience instead? What do I want my self-talk to be like? And start going on this journey of what would that look like for me? How would I feel? What would that experience be like? And, and what do I want to be saying to myself? I'm a big believer in affirmations. I think that they are really helpful because there's something about telling yourself like, yes, I can do this. And just repeatedly saying that to yourself is really helpful. And so I think it's, I look at it as kind of like a find and replace, right? So I will become aware, say, oops, I am having negative self-talk again right now. What do I want to tell myself instead? And I will tell you, so a little trick that I picked up, actually a friend of mine had, had told me about voice recording myself and I took her idea and I kind of just like ran with it and I started Did you record your yeah. self-talk oh, oh my god I don't know, I don't know if, if it's self-talk <laughs> but no like I literally will talk to myself on a recording and there's something about saying it out loud there is something because when it's all caught up it here it holds you responsible yes and it makes it more tangible I feel like so when I would say it out loud I would then be able to recognize like oh this is what I've been saying to myself and then I could actually talk like start shifting the conversation like very very much like literally me as I'm talking to myself would be shifting the conversation and saying okay let's take a step back and just like look at it this way let's talk about how we are really you know like you are trying really hard you are doing a good job and let's let's just start reframing that conversation. And I started doing this for myself. It, it was almost like self-therapizing myself is what I would call it. But and I, I'm not telling anyone to just go and do this all the time I because will, I will call that reprogramming. Yeah, because you're changing the old programming. You have set it up for yourself. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, you know, give it a shot. 
you know, if that resonates with you. But but even if you're doing it in your own mind, right, it is it is about identifying that you're doing it and then slowly saying, what do I want to be saying to myself instead and kind of shifting the yeah, turning down the volume on the negativity and turning up the volume on the positivity. And the thing that I will say, it's interesting because I think back and I used to be a very negative person just in general, right? Like I I used to say a lot that I I'm a big proponent of complaining. Like let's let's complain about everything. That was who I was. Wear it like a badge. <laughs> yeah, like I was proud of it and I'm like, "Oh, how funny is that now?" And you know, it's interesting because it's like the more you look for negativity, the more negativity you will find. And and I will say that a big part of the shift for me becoming a more positive person is I literally was starting to like fill my life with more positive things, right? Fill my life with like the things I love doing, you know, instead of the things I hate doing. Filling my life with people who supported me. Filling my life with like all of this positive energy. And it, it you know, you do it on the external side first, I think. And slowly, it actually starts helping you internally where you start feeling more positive because you're having more positive experiences. But I think it's, it, it, again, it's, it's also a muscle. It's a positivity muscle of saying, I'm looking for the positive. When you look for the positive, you will see more positive. And, and that it, it's not an easy shift to make, but it's a slow one that, you can, that is entirely possible of saying like, what is it that was positive about this? Even the negatives, there are positives hidden in there if you're looking for them. And it's, it's very hard to make that shift, but it is possible, you know? Like I look at the bad things that have happened in my life and I'll be honest with you, like I am grateful for them. And I mean, gratitude is a huge thing for me too as well. But I look at those tough moments I've had in my life and I'm like, the lessons I learned and the things I went through in that process are what make me into the person I am today. And so I wouldn't, I would literally never change a thing. I wouldn't go back and say like, let me remove that. Let me pretend it never happened because I think that they are really important growth factors to where I am now. It leads you to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And one other thing I want to bring up from what your earlier question about self-love is, you know, when I was talking about how it's not a linear path, I just want to share a quick story in that I was in a relationship not too long ago and, and things were not working out, you know, like we just were too different and the relationship was not going well. And I had, thankfully, I had a friend who could point this out to me that I was so focused on this relationship and feeling really negatively about the relationship and, and really trying hard to make it work to the point where I was letting it impact my relationship to myself. Thankfully, I had this friend kind of, we're all mirrors to each other, I like to think of, right? And I had this wonderful friend who could say, hey, you know, is, is, that, really, is that really the core of what's going on for you? And, and I realized that it was like, yeah, it was a negative experience was making me feel negatively about me. And I think that that is a very common experience, right? Is that we take on 
and judge ourselves very harshly for the things that are not going right in our world. And, and I think that's why I had this realization of saying, oh, wait, I have, I need to love myself again. And I actually spent time after that, like pouring myself into loving myself again. And, and I did that kind of, I don't know, just like a lot of positive self-talk, you know, and, and affirmations and just, honestly, I will give myself a hug when I need it. You know, it's, it sounds silly, but there's something about physically doing that that is really nice. And so I just started turning the tables on this whole thing saying like, oh, this is not a reflection on me. You know, this is not a reflection of who I am and I am allowed to love myself, you know, despite the situation that I'm sitting in. And, you know, I'm really thankful that that happened, honestly, that 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 shift in mentality happened, because when the relationship did end, it helped me not judge myself for the relationship ending. And it helped me be in a much more, I don't know, positive and just okay space, because let's be honest, I don't know if positive is the right word when you're going through a breakup, but I think it gave me a certain level of resiliency in the fact that like I always had my own back, right? And I could know that my self-worth was not being taking a hit because my relationship was ending. And so that's, you know, that's just another little story that I would say because of just how much like self-love and self-compassion have just kind of completely changed the game in my life because I think back to other times where I've gone through breakups and I'm like, oh, that I was I was a mess, you know, like and I and not only was I a mess, but I let it degrade my self-worth and and look at myself so poorly in such a negative light. And, and that is not how I want to treat myself anymore. I kind of reflect back to our guru Dhamma, like to say the plan B. It's like, if you want to rely on your wife, your kids, your brother, your parents, someone sometimes just going to fall apart, but you can always hold yourself responsible. You are your own biggest entourage. Yes. And that's yes. what's beautiful about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think the term that he likes to use is the backup light, right? right? It is holding it is creating this backup light that you can always go back to and be able to say like, "Oh, I I have that still shining no matter what is going on around me." Cuz let's be honest, like life is hard. It constantly throws us stuff and and we have to work our way through it. But it's true like holding yourself with a lot of self-love, self-compassion and and also self-forgiveness and self-acceptance. And all of those pieces are incredibly important because I often, I, I honestly practice constantly forgiving myself, you know, because there's so many times that we can judge ourselves and say, oh, why did I do that? That was terrible. And, and instead it's like, no, I take a step back and I say, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry I did that. And then I let it go. And I, you know, I just, I forgive myself. And I have to do that. It's a practice. It is a constant practice. And there are days I'm doing well. And there are days I'm not doing well. And that is just the reality. But I think I come back to these ideas over and over again. 
And that is in essence what keeps me going, right? Like that is, you know, we were talking about courage earlier. Like that is what fuels my courage in many ways is the fact that I can forgive myself for my mistakes. I hold compassion when I'm having a hard time and I love myself enough to keep going. That's really what it comes down to. Thank you. That's very insightful. (laughs) I'm going to practice this as well. (laughs) Let's dive deeper into how do you manage go against the tie, the society stigma of having job security, have to be married or have kids as a woman and still keep up and build this phenomenal coaching program and podcast. How did you manage that? Yeah, so I feel like it's, yeah, I think we need to dive a little deeper into this whole thing around courage, right? And I think what it comes down to is you do a lot of it not knowing really what the outcome is going to be, right? And you do it kind of scared a lot of the time. So many of the things, like, I didn't know if these things were really going to work, I'll be honest with you. But it just, I think it's, it's a lot to do with the fact that, you know, society tells us we have to live our lives a certain way. And frankly, I think I just got tired of trying to listen to society. Because it, it's kind of like that old adage of how doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result is like the definition of insanity, right? And, and I think that's what I was hitting in certain ways was I was like, I am trying to follow the rules, the quote unquote rule book, and it's just not working out for me. And I would sit there and it, you know, and sometimes I would be judging myself and saying like, there is something wrong with me. You know, I think that that thought definitely crossed my mind many a time. And I had to, I had to just turn down the volume on that voice and say, you know what, it just doesn't work for me. And, and it was very hard to come to that reality because let's face it, like, we all want to be normal. Like, think about how much when you're growing up, you want to be accepted. You want to be like everyone else and, and just follow the playbook, right? And just live by the terms that everyone else is living. And, and I was doing that for so long and it just wasn't sitting right with me. And, and it just, it felt like I was slamming my head against the wall half the time where I was just like, why am I, what, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I not able to live by this rule book? And, and so what happened was really that over time, I just stopped, I stopped trying to be a part of that quote unquote normalcy. And, and I started just slowly shifting myself. Uh, you know, into this like, well, what if I tried to go a little bit against the grain? And, and I felt that as I was doing that, as I was becoming more and more of my authentic self, I was like, things are resonating more. Like I feel better just being myself, you know? And I, I think that that was a slow shift because, and what I will say is like, I've always been very into personal development and, and I feel like it finally started making sense to me when I started finally living into who I really am. And let me talk about it from the standpoint of the actual experience. I feel like that maybe will make this make more sense. 
So first, I, I feel like there's two points that we have to make around like courage, like these big courage, like decision making points. And the first one was leaving my job, right? So that was really saying, I'm no longer a, saying that I want to climb this corporate ladder, right? I'm no longer going to live by wanting this good title and good job and and the things that that really are deemed quote unquote successful. And I feel like what happened there was really that I was trying so hard. I was trying so hard to make it work. And and something that I have told many people as they've struggled with what they really want to be doing in their lives is that I tried every door. You know, I tried to change jobs internally and externally. I feel like I was like knocking on every possibility. I was like, maybe I'll change roles. Maybe I'll change functions. Maybe I do I want to go back to, for my MBA? Like I thought about every single option that existed. And I tried and I, I mean, at least mentally tried. I didn't actually go for my MBA. I, I did take the GMAT many, um, many moons ago and had thought about that so much of whether or not that was the right path for me. And Ultimately, it never became the right path for me. And but yeah, so the point being is that I really I will say that that is, I think that's a type of person I am is like, I don't make these decisions lightly. I, it's not like one day I woke up and said, I'm quitting my job. And then I quit. That is not how this went. It was a very much a slow, steady process of me trying to open every door that I thought was maybe in front of me to get myself out of the current situation and into a different one. And then I kept just not having any of those doors open. And and then there came to this point where I was like, well, none of these doors are opening. Now what? Like, where is where is the next door? Where is there a window? And that took a lot of time and a lot of effort. And it got to this point where I said, there's I feel like there's just a reason why none of this is working for me. And maybe it's just because it's not meant to work for me. And I feel like, and maybe that's, I think that was kind of a deeper knowing for me because as I mentioned, it wasn't just in this job that I felt that feeling of this isn't the right job. You know, I had been feeling that for years. I just was refusing to listen to it, you know, because I was scared. I And one thing I will say that I think blocks a lot of people from moving into something else is they say, I have invested so much of my time and my energy and my effort and years of my life in this path, and I can't turn around now. Well, guess what? You can. And I know that's really scary, but that, that was what I was confronting, right? Is I was looking at myself saying, I have spent a decade of my life working in finance. I studied finance. I put all this money and energy and attention into finance. Like this is supposed to be it. And I guess I just hit so many doors to the point where I said, oh, wait, maybe this isn't just it. You know, maybe I have to, I, I do have to look for a window that is going to open me to something completely different. And, and I know that that's very, it's, it's scary. And I, I hear people say that to me a lot of, I've spent too much time going down this path to turn around now. And, and I get that. And I understand that feeling. But I will also say that if that is really something that is sitting with you, 
there is another side of that and moving towards something that really feels right to you there's nothing quite like it and and so that's that is really i think the thing is the courage for me to leave my job really came from a place of i can't take it anymore like it was it was really just a place of like i i'm fed up with this life i'm living and i can't keep doing this that is what gave me the courage to leave that along with you know as i said the fa- friends and family and the you know all the support i was getting but i think for myself like internally for me that decision came from a place of i can't do this anymore and i i i have to believe that there is something else out there that is better for me and i have to believe that that is the case because i can't go on like this anymore so I will say that that that's what really gave me the courage to leave my job. And then, you know, moving forward and then looking at deciding to really change course. You know, I I was very close to taking another corporate job. You know, after I took that time period to kind of recuperate, I really was very close to taking another corporate job. And I thought that that was what I was going to do. And and what caused me to not do that was just I think it was a lot of me it was well it was friends saying to me are you really going to do this again but it was also me saying are you really going to do this again and and it's it's funny because I was telling you guys about this voice note thing I do that I was having a real laugh about and I I have a voice note of me talking to myself about why I shouldn't take this job and it is like a 30 minute conversation I had with myself. It's crazy, but I have proof of it. And it's so funny. I haven't listened back to it and I probably should at some point just out of like curiosity and hilarity. But I talked to myself about what am I thinking? Why am I thinking to take this job? And then why I should not take this job. And it's kind of fun because the end of the note is me literally hitting send saying like, nope. I am not moving forward on in this process and and that and the power of doing that right was huge. But I think, you know, it was interesting because that that also was hugely pivotal, right? Like my talk about like parents being like what are you doing moment, right? They're like, "Wait, you're going over here now?" And you know, it's it's interesting cuz what I think about why I I did this, you know, and Zhao had mentioned that lovely story of how I had told her how I really wanted, believed that this was going to help people. And, and it's so interesting, because I feel like, yeah, that that was a huge part of it. You know, it was this, this sitting there and saying, like, there's something to this, you know, like, there's something to be said for the fact that my experience is helping my friends to change their lives. You know, there's something to be said for the fact that I, I think sharing in, in what we go through is, is tremendously helpful, you know, and inspiring to other people because it's saying, if I can do it, so can you, you know? And, and so I think oftentimes I've thought a lot about this idea of how am I still doing this? Like that, that really has, has rung in my brain sometimes where I'm like, you know, it's, it's been a hard, I chose a difficult path, you know, and I didn't have to do that. I could have just taken that other corporate job and just kept going in that lane. And, you know, and I, I had other potential ideas that I thought about and like none of those panned out. And I, 
I'm like, why, why am I here? Why am I doing this? And I think there's multiple things there. I mean, one of them is like a personal development has been something that's always been a, I think I can't remember when I started it. That's how much I've been on this journey. Right. And that's how much it's, it's been slow building, but I've always been interested in that. You know, it's something that I've always been wanting to kind of confront of like, how do I, how do I think about this in a different way? Like, how do I go about this in a different way? And I've always been kind of like this investigator with my own way of being. And, and then I think it was, you know, and that's the thing is it was such a passion to me of just becoming the best version of myself. Well, I think there's very inspirational to watch you have accomplished all these things. As I mentioned, we both are Asian immigrant background. My grandma, before she passed away, she didn't care. I have a college degree. I speak four languages. I have a great job in New York. All she asked me is, when am I going to have get married and have kids? Mm. So when I look at your journey, the fact that despite some time, you might not see the light in the end of the tunnel, and I think to even more so sum it up what you just said, it's like choose yourself over that attachment, choose yourself over other people's judgment and have some courage, believe and persistently working on it. That's what I hear from your message. And I find that very inspirational. Yeah, yeah, that was actually the point. The other thing I was thinking to say was really just how the reason why I keep going, thank you for that, was that I, I've never felt so aligned in my life, you know, and, and I think back, you know, when I worked in finance, like, yes, I am good with numbers, you know, that's why I studied finance, you know, but there were certain things, like, I was like, I am such a people person, like, I love having conversations with people, I love building community and and friendships and and just deepening connections with people and and that was never like a great quality of being in finance in my you know like it wasn't it wasn't honored yeah we were trained to be assholes (laughs) (laughs) right well we were trained to just like be kind of robots in a way you know like I I think there's a certain box right we take pride to be aggressive let's just be honest (laughs) Yeah, well, in any case, the idea is like when you're in finance, there's this kind of like, well, this is the archetype of a finance person. And I was always sitting there being like, I don't think I fit the archetype. And people would say like, oh, that's great that you're such a people person. Wonderful. But I also felt like, I don't know, like that in the actual workplace, like that was almost a disadvantage for me in certain ways or like or just like wasn't an advantage by any means. Right. And I, I found that very frustrating because I was like, I know that there's something about this and that it's a, you know, it's a quality of mine that I think is important. And I feel like now doing what I'm doing, you know, doing this podcast has been so rewarding just because it's me allowing myself to do the thing I love doing, which is having deep conversations with people. Like, and I, I'm very, curiosity is easily one of my favorite like values, right? Or one of the highest values to me. And, and so I feel like that breeds so well into the podcast and into coaching, 
because it's often that I'm just trying to explore like what is who is this person in front of me and what is the experience that they're having and how can we how can I learn more about it so I can you know in the case of coaching help them like figure out change you know your story around or whatever the case may be in that case but in a podcast format like what can we share you know like what is it there that we can dive in a little deeper that really is the core of like who you are that then other people can benefit from. And so it's been, you know, I feel like, you know, that's been a huge piece of it is like, I, I just find people so interesting. And I think that everyone has a story to be told and that we really can all learn from each other's stories. I feel like there is so much power behind each and every single person's story. And I, that is really the core, I think, of what has been inspiring me to keep going is that deep seated belief that like, there is a story to be told. And I want it. I want to give people that platform. You know, I want to give people that space where they get to say, hey, this is what I went through. And, and I just firmly believe that there is someone out there who needs to hear that message. And, you know, when I started this, I was sitting there being like, if this helps one person, then all of this work is worth it to me, you know, because it has been, you know, this podcast was months in the making and it, it's been a real labor of love, you know, and, and I, I don't know where it goes from here. And I, I've never, you know, it's, it's this very weird thing, especially a podcast, because you don't know who's listening you don't know if anyone cares. You don't know if it matters sometimes. But I sit here and I keep doing it because I just firmly believe that someone out there somewhere in the world is benefiting from the things that are being said. Well, I would say if you only need one person being benefited, you'll have one right in front of you right now. <laughs> and I, I will also that. say I believe... A repetition in positivity is never too much. Yeah. It's always good to listen to other people's positive support over and over again. And it only validate you in your life and what you're supposed to align to and what you're supposed to do. Only give you more positive support. So thank you for your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, I mean... Uh. I, I love hearing that. That's, I mean, that's what keeps me going some days. Let's talk a little bit more about, you know, I see nowadays it's blossoming in the health coaching and life coaching industry. And there are people just health coaching. There are people just life coaching. So I want to know, how do you help people to align the health aspect into life coaching aspect? Yeah. So, you know, the program I did for, um, for my life coaching training was, was a dual certification in health and life coaching. And the reason why I did that was because I think that it's all interrelated. You know, one of the things that I, I think about a lot is like how you do one thing is how you do everything, you know? So if you are someone who doesn't listen to your body, it's like you're probably not listening to yourself in a whole myriad of ways. You know, if you're someone who, if you're always like saying, I'm busy, well, then you're probably doing that in absolutely every aspect of your life, in your health, 
in your, you know, in your day-to-day work, in the way that, like, are you prioritizing your sleep? Like, all of it is so interconnected. And I feel like that, I think all of these things have always been very important to me. And I, I think about the way that I've always treated, like, health and life. And it's like, I, you know, I've always been someone who has, you know, tried to live a healthy life. You know, I always try and, like, eat well and exercise and all of that and that's always been very important to me but then like on top of it I realized like oh my mental health is so important you know it's not just about my physical health I would I as I've mentioned like I see a therapist now and I've been on and off seeing a therapist over the years and to me it's like all of these pieces are very important and so the way that I see life and health coaching is really that it's it's everything, right? I will think that I am helping someone with one thing. I will think that, oh, we are just talking about your relationship. But really, it's like all, all these like other health aspects always come up, right? I have friends who are health coaches on the other side, and they think that they're helping someone with a health problem, but then all their life problems come in. And so I feel like they're so interconnected. And so for me, it's like I wanted to make sure that I had all the information or all the like background and like, you know, actual knowledge to be able to, be able to help someone with a health problem, even though I am, te- you know, I see myself more on the life coaching side, you know, I see myself as more focused on, you know, certainly self-love and self-compassion and bringing that into people's lives. But I never want to say like, oh, so we don't need to talk about your health. You know, if you are having trouble sleeping, if you are stressed out all the times, you know, as I mentioned, like stress is crazy. You know, like I I mentioned how I had this like physical manifestation of my stress through this rash on my neck for months. Like this was literally months on end and it just kept getting worse. And and that's why I say like you it's important to bring all of that into play, you know, because, you know, if you're not sleeping, if you're stressed out all the time, I don't think you even realize how much that is impacting your life, you know, how it's impacting your mood, how it's impacting whether or not you're a positive or negative person, you know, they, they are all intertwined. And so to me, it is just so important to really kind of take a look at the whole picture. Because it's, it's easy to just kind of, I, I think one of the easiest things is to kind of brush aside some of the things that our body is telling us. I often used to be the type of person where I would run myself into the ground to the point where I would, that's when I would always get sick. You know, like every time I had a cold, it was because I was probably like going too hard. I definitely am like a I don't know, still kind of like a recovering workaholic sometimes, you know, and, and so I would be so stressed out that I would end up getting sick. And so it's, it's identifying those patterns with ourselves and seeing like, am I listening to my body? Am I listening to the fact that like, my body is telling me you are tired, like you need to slow down, like you haven't slept well in days, take a break, like don't add more to your calendar. and. I I was very bad at this for a very long time, you know, and so it and I I paid for it in some ways, you know, like I really would get I would get sick all the time because I was I was so run down. 
And I think about that a lot now. And it's like, treating my body right is so important. You know, going to my yoga classes is so important. And it's, it, I think it's all interconnected. So to me, I don't want to forget about what is my body telling me? And can I, can I listen to it closer? You know, cause I still think there's times where I override it. Like I'm hungry and I, you know, I'm too focused on something I'm working on to stop and go get some lunch or make my lunch, you know? And, you know, I think we all could do some work in that area because I feel like, especially as we get older, we just get so disconnected to our, our physical being. And to me, it's, it's a mind body soul connection. It's all about how can you really listen to your, your body, you know, pay attention to your mind and, and change the way we think, you know, exactly what this podcast is all about and, and how, how do we connect ourselves to this greater human experience that we're all part of. It sounds to me this coaching program is a platform to help people reprogram their behaviors and help them align their mind with their body. In a way, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's that's really what it comes down to, right? Is it's yeah, it's interesting. Like our habits are, you know, something that we don't even think about, but in many ways your habits are what forms who you are. You know, it's those things that you do every single day and it is transforming those, you know, little by little and saying and that find and replace that we were talking about earlier. And that's really how you change your life. You know, like obviously I've spoken about these, the courage to take these big shifts and that has been vitally important. But I will tell you that most of my work on myself has really been little changes, you know, changes in my habits, changes in these, these little things I do every day. The fact that I meditate every morning is hugely important and a huge part of who I am now. The big things come from the little things. It's easier to talk about the big things, especially in a platform like this. But you have to remember that I come to my courage through all of the little things. Like, that's really what spurs me on. Celebrate your little wins. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Is there anything else we haven't covered you would like to share? Hmm. You know, I feel like I might be, that might be it. I I will say there was one thing I did want to mention about self-forgiveness that I didn't say earlier, which was bringing it back to, well, it was kind of like connecting two things I had said earlier, which was how I was talking about believing in everyone's good intent. And one thing I want to say about self-forgiveness is that that is actually expanding that notion to yourself right? Believing that you have good intent. And I think that that's often hard to believe, right? Where you're like, oh, I should have done better. You know, like we're constantly beating ourselves up with that idea. And I just want to say that it, I think it's, it's really helpful to ground yourself in that notion that everyone is trying their best. And so are you, you are also trying your best. And, and one of the things that I've been practicing has been this idea of forgiving past versions of myself as well, right? Because we can be so hard on 
our younger version of ourselves, right? Because we were like, how could I have done that? Who was I? Like, what is wrong with me? Why did I do that? And and I think applying this notion to those past versions of you is also really powerful and saying that I was doing my best at that time with the information I had then. You know, relieving that pressure on yourself, you know, because I, I think that's the core of self-forgiveness is not just forgiving yourself for today, but in many ways it's forgiving a whole myriad of versions of yourself and looking at all those different versions of you and saying, I forgive you. I know you were doing your be- the best that you could at that time and I forgive you. That's very liberating. Yeah, yeah. And it takes a lot of practice. Oh, one other thing I will say is oftentimes I have taken what we have learned from practicing yoga and from Sri Dharma and and I've applied them to my life. And I think that that has been really beautiful, right? Because the yoga practice is not just what we do on the mat. It is it is a life practice, right? And I apply that in the idea of everything as a practice. You know, everything that I have said to you, it is not something that I'm, you know, it's not a, a flip a switch. You know, it's not tomorrow. I mean, every day is a new opportunity to live into your the values that you want to live into. But it's always a practice and it is ups and downs. You know, as I've, I've been saying throughout this, like I have good days and I have bad days. You know, I have days where it, it's easy and I have days where I'm like, man, why is this so hard? Like, why am I fighting myself today? You know, and that is just part of the human experience is that but it's that we, we come back to ourselves over and over and over again. And, you know, it's, it's having, it's always comes back to that self-love and self-compassion. It's about choosing yourself over attachment and expectation. That's right. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Let's rock out the last five top questions I would like to ask you. First one, how would you describe your current relationship to yourself? I think of it as an episode of Investigation Discovery. (laughs) I think of it if it if you would have asked me that question, it's probably like ID channel or something. (laughs) Because I, you know, I I'm a very big experimenter with myself. Like I'm always like, and it, you know, as I said, it always comes back to that curiosity where I'm like, why am I doing this this way? You know, like what's going on there? And I I don't know. I like to question myself a lot, and not in like a negative way, but in a curiosity way of. What's going on there? Why am I doing this this way? And and so it's it's always a work in progress and it's always, you know, getting curious with who I am and and who I'm becoming. And it it's constantly changing. And I love that. What is something that you're currently working on? What I'm currently working on is this whole idea of how to be in flow you know, coming from my corporate job, I think it, you know, I was very much in the mentality of trying to, of like pushing hard. It was very like masculine energy. Like in order for me to be successful, I have to like work like a million hours and push really hard and everything has to be hard. It was kind of like what I was telling myself. It's, it's kind of funny. You're about to say something. (laughs) No, I mean, I feel, I feel the same way. So I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I've been working on, and it's so funny because it just keeps coming up over and over again recently, is this idea of like, how do I just allow 
and how do I be in flow with things, right? How do I just believe like, oh, like it doesn't need to be so hard. How do you retrieve your feminine energy? Because that's all feminine energy. It, to, yeah. To surrender, oh, yeah. to go with the flow, to be soft. It is hard, guys. It is really freaking hard. Um, <laughs> I think it's the finance and corporate world. I used to work in finance. Yeah. We just train ourselves to be like a man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think what it is, is like, yeah, I, I, I've often been taking a step back and, I'm, and I tell myself, like, have I, ha- have I done the most important things? Yes great. You know, maybe I didn't cover this entire laundry list and don't even get me started. I'm I'm like a bullet journaler and I like people think I'm insane sometimes, like especially if I show them my calendar. Like I'm intense. I get that. Oh yeah, I see <laughs> all the color block. I can't even <laughs> read. <laughs> yeah, like I and I love that. And and the thing is, I believe that you need structure to be in flow. Like I think that they kind of go hand in hand. What works for me is is having my structure and having a certain amount of like, I'm trying to do this, this and this. But I think the allowing and the surrender is. Is a not being so hard on myself when I don't get everything done, but it's also like knowing that, like the right things are going to happen when they're meant to. And so I think for me, it's it's very much like a mental state of trying to be to shift into my feminine energy. It's just it's going back into that belief. It's believing that I am doing the right thing, I am in the right space, and and that what is meant for me is never going to pass me by, right? The right things are going to come to me at the right time. And so I often will just kind of repeat those phrases to myself, as I said, big in affirmations. And I, I will just like take a step back and say like, whoa, you're pushing yourself too hard. Like, let's take a breather. And, and I'll go through those kind of statements and believe and really like feed into them and to the point where I believe them, right? Because it's not going to work if you don't really believe it. But I do believe that, you know, I do believe that the things that are meant for me will not pass me, that they are going, everything's going to happen in its right time. You know, Dharma often says to us, everything is perfect. And, and that is something really hard, I think, for many people when they first hear that. They're like, what do you mean everything is perfect? Like, there's horrible things happening all the time. And that it's not to discount the fact that there are horrible things happening all the time. But it is to say that you are being challenged with the right things. Yeah, that everything is at play and working for, you know, it's that belief that things are working for you instead of believing that, that the world is against you. And, and I think that going into the that headspace is what really helps me a lot of times and honestly being around dharma and listening to him speak to us oftentimes is is the reset and recalibration i need to remind myself to get back to that feminine energy what do you consider most valuable to you right now hmm. i think what's most valuable to me these days is the people around me and you know i think through all of these changes in my life, it's just made me so thankful for how wonderful my friends are, how wonderful my family is, you know, and, and I think over this time period, I've realized how important my teachers are, you know, Dharma, 
Pam, Sam, Yoshio, they were all just so incredibly important to me. And, and they, I think a lot about how much the people around me and the teachers around me have been the reason why I can keep going, you know? And so that's, they've, it's really been life-changing being around this community and this group of people. To have the right people in your circle is very important. It's so true. And, you know, I, I really, I, I feel for people who don't have people who support them in Especially their Especially through the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like we go through so much in our lives, you know, and to have the support of those around you is so incredibly important. And I feel like there's, you become really grateful for those around you and, and realize just how important they are, you know, how much like, having someone to call to call when you're having a bad day it just it makes all the difference these days you know i think yeah you're right i think the pandemic really taught us that what is the best lesson that you've learned recently mm. so i think the most recent lesson and and i just i feel like i keep learning it over and over and over again in different ways is really about letting go and I know we were talking about this earlier in the episode, and it's it's true. And I and it's interesting because it's manifested in many different ways for me. I, you know, I I read Marie Kondo's book years ago, and it just kind of the idea behind it just kind of sat and didn't really happen in any particular way. And now I'm like, oh, I'm ready to let go of things, you know, like anything that is not serving me is I'm like, let me get rid of it. Let me give it to someone else or whatever. But it's not just physical things, you know, like I started letting go of, I mean, honestly, a lot of things about myself, you know, I was letting go of who I believe myself to be, you know, I was I talked a lot earlier about the idea of what I thought of myself from being in a corporate job, you know, and who I believe I am now. And it's like, I think everything is always changing. Change is, is the constant in our lives and we're very I think most people are very afraid of it and and I've in some ways have learned to embrace it and I've learned to let go of anything that isn't working for me in my life anymore and and kind of putting the right pieces together that just make my life feel incredible and rich and alive so so letting go has been one of the hardest things I've ever done and one of the most nourishing things I've ever done I thought it was funny in our 500 training, we do a lot of psych development. So when you, uh, when I asked you that question before you even say it out loud, I thought I had a word in my head. It was surrender. And it was exactly what you said. <laughs> so we experienced all this little crazy things between us. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. The word surrender is perfect. Oh my God. I think about that so much now. It's like, how often do it, are we trying so hard and then all of a sudden you let go and then the moment you let go is when everything happens. It's so opposite of how we we're taught growing up. Like, as yeah. at least how I was taught is yeah. try, 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 try. Have yeah. control, have control. Absolutely. <laughs> control the outcome. Oh my God, yes. I am, I've been such a control freak my whole life. I, that is like, I feel like we're all kind of. And the more you don't waiting. get it, the more you want to control it because you were thinking, oh, you didn't get this result because you didn't control it enough. You didn't yes. work hard enough. 
Yeah. That's why you didn't get the result <laughs> you wanted. Yeah, it's really ironic. It's so true. It, and it's so interesting trying to go to that other kind Spectrum, of extreme, right? right? Yeah. And it's like, I, and I think life is kind of trying to find that middle ground. You know, we can't always be in surrender. You have to make some effort. You have to fight sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Like you need to, you need to put in the work yourself too. But there is, there is a lot of, when, where can I just surrender to what is and see what happens and not hold on so tight? Because we're, we're, that's what control is, right? You're gripping to the outcome. And, and when you let that go and you say, like, I'm just going to see what happens or see what comes of this, there's something really, there's some magic, magic in it. there. Yeah, yeah. Agree. All right, let's finish it up. What is the number one skill you believe that everyone should work on? Well, I, I think it's kind of obvious. It's, it's all about self-love and self-compassion. And I think, you know, it's so funny. It, well, I, I have to say, by the way, that like these are the questions I've been asking all my guests so far. And it's, it's interesting because I think some variation almost of self-compassion has come up in most of the times I've asked this question. And I, I've like thought about that a lot myself and I'm like, it's, it's true. Like I think, or just compassion in general, right? Not necessarily self-compassion, but to me, it always starts with yourself, right? You are the only person you can control in your life is really yourself. And so learning to have self-compassion and self-love is the greatest gift that you can give yourself and honestly the greatest gift you can give everyone else because when you find that for yourself it just makes everything that you offer to other people and your relationships that much brighter yeah i you know i i think i think that's that's why that's the focus of the program that i'm working on it's really because i really believe in, in the power of self-love and self-compassion. And, and I, I feel like we have really, as a society, become so incredibly hard on ourselves and so incredibly hard on each other, right? We're living in one of the most polarized times in our lives or in society as a whole. And, and I just, I think it's that I've seen the impact in myself by finding self-love and some self-compassion and I just firmly believe that that adding that to the world and adding that to each of our lives is the greatest thing that that can really impact the broader because it's it's like a ripple effect. It's like when you find it yourself, you impact every single life around you because of the amount of self-love and self-compassion you have. And I think it's just really it's something that is just so important and especially in this time that we're living in to to be compassionate towards ourselves and be compassionate towards other people and just have that deep level of care because at the end of the day we're all everyone's struggling you know there's so much pain and and hardship in the world right now and i think that starting that journey of trying to move yourself towards loving yourself is it's it's a game changer that's what i would say about that i think it's tremendous that you started this program and help coaching other people to accomplish self-compassion 
Because I think a lot of people don't realize like self-compassion is an exercise, is a everyday exercise. And you don't know when you can achieve it or maybe it's an ongoing game. So it is important to practice with someone or practice, even more important to practice someone has experience to lead you to the right path. For instance, we have Dharma, but not everyone have Dharma or have met Dharma. So I think it's very important. There are people out there to provide a great platform. And I think it's also very important for a lot of people to understand this is an ongoing practice and it's great to practice with someone can lead you to an even better path. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I I couldn't agree more. Well, I just think even in general, to have a legitimate step coming steps coming from an experienced person to lead you is more realistic to me than maybe just put on the side and practice or read some book to trying to get it from. Because this platform you're offering, there's legit steps and things you really thought through, put it in for people that can really learn from this, these exercise and programs. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, I, I think that there's nothing better than trying to help people move the needle on that. And, you know, it's something where, yeah, it takes its constant practice. The thing that Sam had said was that, that she has as a goal to have self-compassion. But obviously, it's not like a goal in the traditional sense. It's something that every single day you can say, did I feel like I was having more self-compassion for myself? You know, it's something that we can always be kind of working on at all times. And I also think like nowadays, I think our thought process of self-love and self-compassion are a little different than the old school way. I think the older way or the commercial way people explain self-love is very materialistic. It's very Mm. seeking from the outside. Whereas now we're taking it within and you're trying to find it within you. Yes. That's the big difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true because I think that's, that's a big shift, right? Is the idea of external things will make me happy. Yeah. Back in the day, you would say self-love is get a spot day, get a fake show or go out, eat a big meal right? or buy expensive things to make yourself love. But now we're really taking it within. It's not about the car. It's not about what you wear, what you eat, what's on your face. It's what's within. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. And the thing to that is like, it's finding that that inner self-love, not the external is what can it's more it's sustainable, right? It's something that can hold you and be there for you through all the, the hardships in your life. And I think, yeah, it's it's definitely a big shift from what we were told that self-love should look like. So it's it's quite the inner journey. It's an epic journey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, let's wrap it up. And i just like to thank you for having me interviewing you in your podcast. I cannot describe how much I've learned from this journey. Also, I feel so lucky I have firsthand witnessed how you blossom and come up with this extraordinary program. And I just like to say thank you for having me. Well, 
I just have to say, I am beyond thankful to have you on this episode with me and have you interview me. It's been so wonderful. It's just so nice. I mean, this is exactly what I want to be doing all the time is just having deep conversations with each other, you know, and, and I, you know, I love every time we get to know each other a little more. I think it's the most beautiful thing to watch like friendships blossom. So I can't express to you how much I appreciate you. I know that you did a lot of work to, to feel comfortable with coming and, you know, interviewing me on the podcast. It's not something that you naturally do every day. And, and I, I can't express how thankful I am for you to put in the work for me and 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 do this interview. So thank you so much. I'm grateful to be here and I'm grateful to hand you this opportunity or gift per se. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you so much. Thank you, Jess. And I hope we'll catch up soon. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to A Way of Thinking. If you loved this episode, please hit the follow button and share this episode with your friends. I hope some of the beautiful wisdom shared today resonates with you and perhaps creates some change in your way of thinking. If you're looking for support in your journey, click on the link to my website to book a free self-love discovery session. Remember that I believe in you and I am so excited for the day that you believe in you too. Let's continue learning and growing together.